Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 49 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch it. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter with Karapika going after the Phantom Troop. Yeah, the Phantom Troop. And there's also this other group I wish I wish you had brought up more. They're made up of uh, different weird animals from the zoo that you normally see. There's a worm, oh, yeah. and there's a porcupine, and they are totally uh-huh. just those animals. They couldn't possibly... Everybody loves the worm exhibit. Uh, yeah, they couldn't possibly just be a guy with very long hair all over his body and no eyebrows. Could they? Could they be... Why does he have no eyebrows if that's his power? I don't know. Let's just jump in. Let's jump in. All right. Welcome, oh everybody. <laughs> By the way, like, Blake went up on, uh, like, on You're About to Get Jumped for the first time ever. He was like, You're About to Get Jumped, maybe? <laughs> I also almost missed the next line where it had the episode number, and, like, I started it normal based off of just force of habit, but, like, halfway through, I was like, I'm on the wrong line. What episode number is it? I found it in time, (laughs) but I panicked a little internally. Yeah, anyways, um, you are listening to this uh, two days before July 4th, uh, or you might be listening to it on the 4th. I don't know what day you download your episode. It's coming out Um, right before the 4th. Yeah, so uh, happy Independence Day to the people that are uh, listening in and around that time. Um, Blake At least is if you're about American. to be, uh, Blake is about to be even a more American, and he's going to be uh, venturing back east, you know, uh, how they did in the olden days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you guys might remember that I used to live in Chicago, now I live in Central California, and I'm about to move again because my fiancé is in the Air Force, um... This time we're going to stay there for a couple of years because he's going out of job training and into the actual job. So we're heading into uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. So uh, yeah, in case we have any listeners in Cheyenne, Wyoming, hit me up. Yeah. Anyways, what else are you going to do there? Listen, listen to nothing. I'm going to do. Listen to I'm the wind. Sit. <laughs> quietly at home all day until pete gets back which is basically what i do oh my now. god i i constantly make fun of blake in in this sense because i'm like i'm like you're just gonna build your own like widow's walk and come uh-huh. to the end of it uh, you know come to the end of it at the beginning of every morning and yeah. just wait with like a like a large shawl wrapped around you yeah and i'm gonna get one of those <laughs> gauzy like sort of trans translucent uh handkerchiefs that i can wave in the wind you know Oh you know, my how god! You wave a handkerchief. There is a joke from John Mulaney that made me laugh so hard in his newest special when he's talking about like in the olden days when people would get really dressed up and just go wave at a boat that was leaving. <laughs> yes. God, he is oh so god. funny. He's yeah. probably my favorite comedian right now. He's just so good. Anyways. Um, we are about to, uh, talk about Hunter x Hunter. Uh, there's yeah. not a lot of news this week that's anime wise, except for all of the summer animes are happening. Um, if you're not watching them, uh, right now, you, you should totally, totally, totally be watching at least My Hero Academia, um, because it's coming out every Saturday right now and it is the jam. Um, man, I'm anyways. not caught up on it. I, I got like halfway through season two and then i slowed my roll because i got afraid that i was going to catch up and run out of things to watch and then i got too afraid and i've just been watching other stuff i've got to get back into it yeah i've been watching other anime but like ugh, it's so good every time i watch it i'm like this is amazing and then i stop watching it for whatever reason and then i kind of halfway forget how much i love it and then i start it up again i'm like this is even better than i remember yeah anyways um, Netflix is also dragging ass on putting out new anime, which is really obnoxious. Um, but what, what can you do? Um, they still haven't put out, uh, like Attack on Titan season two on Netflix, yeah. which is just like, it's on I Hulu, I think. Yeah. But the big thing that trips me out the most about this is that like, 
most people I talked to about Attack on Titan watched it on Netflix, and then yeah. they're like, yeah, they're never going to come out with a second season. And it's just like, nah, these are people that only watch things that when they go on Netflix. Yeah, and to be fair, I also haven't watched the second season, and I also would rather watch it on Netflix. I will, at all times, rather watch anything on Netflix than on Hulu. I just, I like Netflix's platform. I think that Hulu's UI is kind of shitty, and I use it out, out of a begrudging desire to watch the things on there, and not because I actually like the service that much. Well, I mean, the service is fine. It's, you know, the service aspect of it is essentially the same as Netflix, but... Uh, yeah, the, the implementation of it leaves a lot to be desired, whereas Netflix is pretty also, smooth. Also, Blake hates commercials more than any other person has ever hated commercials. We did, we did up the ante. We don't have commercials anymore, but I do hate commercials so much. Don't yeah. show me he commercials, hates commercials. Unless they're movie trailers, in which case I will watch them all the time. He hates commercials so much, he's literally paying more money. So he's paying the ransom of Hulu so that he doesn't have to yeah. watch commercials. That's what if, that's the big have you thing paid that I the don't like about Hulu yet? though is that no, I'm not going to do that. But like the big <laughs> thing that I don't like about Hulu is that like you have to pay for it to get any content anyway and they still advertise to you unless you pay them more. Fuck that. Like that's such bullshit. But uh Pete already had Hulu when we got together, so I did not. Ha- I never got Hulu myself out of protest over them charging you to show you ads, and uh, he already had it, so now I use it. Yeah, cool. Anyways, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episodes. Uh, we are going to do a previously on Hunter x Hunter really quick, um, yeah. because there are a lot of episodes to go over, and they're pretty jam-packed. So uh, we are covering episodes 43 through 47 today of Hunter x Hunter. You might call it Hunter Hunter, uh, but if you're a listener of this show, you know it is this show's official policy to call it Hunter x Hunter, uh, partially because we grew up saying it that, and partially out of spite for people who think that it should be said the other way. Um, this previously on is weird because our main characters are not in these episodes almost at all. Um, yeah, they're we, not in. They're not into this episode. <laughs> yeah, we have a character who was a part of our main characters, but then left a while ago to do his own thing, and he's going to be our focal point character this time. So, what's going on right now is there's a big, um, a giant auction in this big city, and the auction is being held with all the criminal underground. Um, it has a lot of extremely valuable things. This happens every year. And it's a big fucking deal. Our character that we're following today is Karapika. Karapika is a young but sort of savant style um, intellect and battle prowess and kind of stuff person. Um, He met our normal main characters during the hunter exam. Um, That's where the show gets its name. This is a world full of hunters, although that's not going to be super relevant here today. Um, Karapika has a big chip on his shoulder because his entire clan was murdered um, fairly senselessly by this group called the Phantom Troop. Um, the Phantom Troop is a group of, what is it? I think it's 12 thieves and one leader, so 13 total. And um, they are just a group of super powerful vaguely hedonistic thieves that kind of steal and kill for the thrill of it. Um, like they don't particularly care about getting rich or anything like that. They just really love being thieves. And um, they uh, five years ago murdered all of Karapika's clan because he comes from a clan called the Kurta clan and the Kurta clan, when they get pissed off or enraged or impassioned, their eyes turn a glowing red. And this is considered like a beautiful item like if you kill them while their eyes are red then their eyes stay red and there are fucked up collectors who want those things so the phantom troop went and killed all of them except for Karapika a little while ago and Karapika wants to get some revenge and he may or may not get his chance this episode these episodes well let's go into episode 43 ax shocking x tragedy um so 
There are a bunch of mob bosses uh, that have come to this auction. Um, yeah. They are um, being a little bit obnoxious. They're kind of like showing up each other and how much money they can throw at people. Um, this is interesting. It's They talk about how sh- how weird it is that mob bosses come to this thing specifically instead of sending a proxy. And essentially what one of the characters explains is that this is sort of about showing off your financial posturing. So like a percentage of the money that you pay for whatever thing you get at the auction goes back into like the general mobs funds or the mafia's funds or whatever. And um, your group might get a cut of that. And so it's sort of like the more you spend at the auction, the more clout you have financially, it shows others that you're doing well. It gets you more money in the long run. Uh, but they do know that some people go too hard on this and bankrupt themselves. So uh, it's a little bit of a risk. But I thought this was an interesting angle that this is all about, like, financial posturing between the mafia. Yeah. And uh, this isn't going to be lasting for long because yeah, suddenly the Phantom Troop attacks and they murder so many people. Everyone. Um, uh, I wish I could remember the name of the characters, but in your notes, you have written down Finger Guns Guy and Blinky the Demon Vacuum. Yeah, uh, Blinky is actually the demons. So Blinky the Demon Vacuum is the name of the thing. Uh, Her name is, is it Shalnark or is that the guy? I think she's Shalnark. And I don't know the big dude's name. Um, He might be Freddy, Frankie, something like that. He had like a weirdly American name, but they hadn't said it at this point, so I didn't remember. He looks like a big Frankenstein monster. Yeah, he. Uh, so his power is pretty cool, but pretty basic. He his his fingers pop off, and it, it looks like they're connected. Like the tips of his fingers, um, like fall out, and they're kind of connected to his body with chains. And then he can shoot bullets of Nen energy through them. Um, and then I'm gonna say Shalnark, but I think that might be the blonde kid. Um, so Shalnark, her, she has the ability, she's a conjurer, which is somebody who can, you know, pull something out of thin air. So the thing that she conjures is this little demon vacuum named Blinky. And it, uh, it, it has this like wide mouth with teeth and a tongue and it sucks things up into sort of like basically a vortex. Um, I don't know if yeah. you can get things out of it. I think they might explain how it works in more depth later on, but Right she now, does it you... with like she does it with like anything too. So she can suck up whatever she wants. She'll uh, use it she later on to suck up blood later, from something. She says later on that she can't suck up anything that's alive. Um, which is important. So she can suck up dead matter. Um she in, in this instance basically uh, uh gun fingers, finger guns, uh, shoots everybody uh to death. And she sucks up all the blood and all the corpses and um, also all the chairs so that when some characters come to investigate later on, they find an empty room with some bullet holes. Um, Mm. The Phantom Troop also manages to kill several of the named characters that we have met so far. It's nobody super high up on the character priorities list, but uh, she kills the the instant lover woman, Baze. And um, she also kills the guy who was the traitor during their um, audition. And then one guy that I don't think ever got a name. But several of our named characters have been killed without doing anything. Yeah. And this is going to be a a trend that's going to happen inside of here. Because we're we're about to find out that all of the auction items are gone. And they believe that somebody tipped them off because this troop... This, like, rival troop of guys called the Shadow Beasts that we kind of made fun of inside of the opening, they are not there. So we are to believe that they have taken away all of these different auction items, and they uh, sound see, like I such understood badasses. This, I understood this differently. I understood that the Phantom Troop deduced that this was... that. So they, they think that... Basically, the the Phantom Troop wants to steal every item at the auction for the sake of it, because it's hard to pull off, so they want to do it. And then they kill everybody there, but then when they go to the vault, there's nothing there. And it turn they think that there was a mole in their own ranks who tipped off the uh, the auction facilitators, 
and that they moved the shit before they got there so that they couldn't steal it. But it, it turns out that they, they realize there's no mole because the shadow beasts weren't there. Because the shadow beasts, so there's ten mafia families, and each mafia family has a shadow beast that represents their strongest bodyguard. And the shadow beasts weren't there, so they assumed that if they had actually known the phantom troop was going to strike, the shadow beasts would have been there as guards. And since Mm -hmm. they weren't, they didn't actually know that. They had to have gotten some more general tip, which means there is not a leak in the phantom troop. Um, Yeah. And we're going to find out later on that they found that they moved it based on um, Neon's uh, future prediction technique. Yeah. The the thing that annoys me the most about this, and it's going to happen pretty quickly, I think it's like the next episode that it happens, um, is that we meet all of these really cool, weird, powered characters that Blake was talking about before called the Shadow Beasts, um, and they look like they're going to do some badass stuff, and they end up just not doing... They just don't do anything. Yeah, um, they're terrible. They, they, yeah. They basically all get murdered either off screen or one of the characters who we just met and we talked about for a second named Evogen. Um, uh, I think it's, you know, Evogen. It's spelled really weird. It's like U-V-O-G-I-N. Yeah. Evogen. I think think the second syllable gets the stress, but I don't know. Evogen. He is going to murderize so many of them so fast. He kills basically everybody. Yeah, he is uh, this character that we're going to see very quickly murder all of these different people that are coming to try to stop the Phantom Troop because they have killed all of these different mob bosses. And Evogen is is going to take a bunch of bullets and an RPG and other big giant blasts to him without taking any damage. Then he's going to kill all of these people, including some of these uh, Shadow Beasts, before he like runs off at like after them, um, yeah, and that so, takes us to basically the end of this episode, except for um, well, the shadow this. beasts are in the next one, um, but the they're going to show up at the end of this one. We're also going to find out um, that these episodes one, sort of run together for me. They're they're like yeah. a really long episode that's just about Karapika getting into a fight with Yvogan. We'll get yeah, there. you could kind of watch these five episodes as a sort of movie. Um, mm-hmm. because they, they tell a pretty tight story. Um, and to one of the best fights in Hunter X Hunter. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so we find out that there was one shadow beast named the owl who walked into the vault that held all of the merchandise for the auction. And then he walked out empty handed, except all the merchandise was gone. We're going to find out how he did it later on. Um, at the end of the episode, Karapika and the other bodyguards um, that are working for the Nostrad family have sh- shown up where Uvogen is just demolishing all of these like mafia mooks. And um, he he's just killing them. Karapika and crew are far enough away that they are not within like his murder radius. And uh, they are also unaware that this guy and his partners are members of the Phantom Troop. Otherwise, Karapika would probably not be able to control himself. Um, yeah. They're kind of wondering what to do. And um, if, let's see, is this where? Uh, no, it's not. Okay, so um, so they're wondering what to do when all of a sudden some of the Shadow Beasts show up. Specifically, four of them. We get um, Worm, who is this kind of gross looking dude he's sort of like gray and he looks kind of squishy and he has a human shape but his head is elongated and he's like naked but he doesn't have any genitals and he's just gross um and he comes up out of the ground and his thing is he can burrow and then we see rat another dude rabid dog who has super sharp teeth that we'll learn about in a second a guy that his name is leech who looks basically like killua's brother um, even though he's not, and Porcupine, who looks kind of like a fucked up Krillin from Dragon Ball Z. Except for covered in little tiny hairs, except for he doesn't have any fucking eyebrows. Uh-huh. It bothers me so much. It's And he has weird. these weird beady little eyes. Um, anyway, these guys show up and they start to walk toward Uvogen, and it's really portentous and exciting. And that leads us into episode 44, which is Bummer Part 1, but that's not yep. the actual title. 
build up X to a X fierce battle. Um, so here's how Yvogan gets, uh, gets his jollies off. Um, he kills worm immediately. Um, he actually he, doesn't succeed in killing worm, but he beats him. Oh yeah. He just yeah. hits him really hard. <laughs> worm basically like worm gets punched because Yvogan's reflexes are fast but Worm survives, and he burrows under the ground to get away from him, and then sur- tries to trap him by, like, s- trapping his arm in the hole that Worm made. So basically, Uvogan has one arm buried all the way up to the shoulder in the earth, and he can't move. And he Worm is like, you can make your decision. I can bury you, and you'll die down here with me, or I can trap you here so the other three can kill you above ground. And Uvogan's like, how about option number three, where I punch the ground so hard that you're incapacitated? And that's the option that he chooses. Yeah. There's also going to be a really dumb thing that happens. Basically, Uvogan is going to show that he doesn't give a fuck about these characters. um, In that uh, Leech, one of the characters, when when he attacks him and he thinks that he's going to be able to, like, stand up to Uvogan, Uvogan literally just bites off the side of his head. Yeah, And it's (laughs) it's just... It's gross. They yeah. get beaten very quickly. Right. Um, so they they're it's the piece of skull through rabid dog's head. And yeah. They're, <laughs> he wrote they're... Down and he screams porcupine to death. Yeah. Uh so the basically what happens is um Vogan tr- after he incapacitates a worm, he tries to punch porcupine, but porcupine's thing is that he has control over the hairs on his body and he can make them stiff and sort of control them. So he basically makes them stiff like a porcupine and they get stuck in Uvogan's fist, but keep his fist from actually making contact with porcupine. He tries to use porcupine's body as his fist since he can't get him off, but uh, porcupine cushions the blow with the hairs on his back so that he doesn't hurt leech so Porcupine's just kind of there, and I don't know what his end game is, but he's just kind of stuck on one of Uvogan's hands. Meanwhile, yeah, Rabbit have a yeah. have any fucking thing. Meanwhile, Rabbit Dog has been sort of running by and biting him every once in a while, and Rabbit Dog has hella sharp teeth, and we know this because Uvogan's skin is very thick. He can be shot directly with bullets and a, a rocket propelled grenade, and he's fine. Uh, but Rabbit Dog is actually taking little chunks out of him. And then it turns out that Rabbit Dog also secretes a neurotoxin, which paralyzes you from the neck down, but doesn't prevent you from feeling pain or fear. And they're like, okay, you're fucked now. You can only move your head. This is when Leech comes over, and Leech's thing is the worst. Leech just has some leeches living in his body. And I would like to remind you that this is supposed to be the top dog for one of the Mafia families. (laughs) And his ability is I can spit some leeches into your body. And these leeches aren't even that dangerous. He's like, this this leech is going to lay its eggs in your uh, colon or whatever. And then the leeches that it hatches will, will uh, you'll, basically you'll pee them out and the pain will be so much that you'll die. And like, that sucks, but like, this guy cannot be number one. Like, come on. Come on, you guys. Was the talent pool that shallow? So, like, then Leech is sitting there, like, spitting leeches into him, and that's when Uvogan bites his head off. He spits a piece of skull at Rabid Dog, which goes through him, like, hits him in the head, and he's dead. So they're both dead, and then Porcupine's like, uh, I'm afraid, but what can he do? And then he literally screams so loud that Porcupine is killed. Um, and Uvogan leaves. That's it. And uh, we find out that Worm is still alive, but he's just barely alive. I think he's alive enough to say some shit. Like, he basically places a call to the mob bosses and is like, this guy is so strong that you can't beat him if you don't send everyone. Like, literally all of the other Shadow Beasts that weren't here need to come. They can't do this one-on-one. Everybody's got to tag team him and kill him. Um, yeah. And that's that's why we will eventually see the other Shadow Beasts. Um, but not yet. We've got something else to do first. Yeah. Kurapika still wants to go fight against Yvogan because he's realized that Yvogan is one of the Shadow Troop. Uh, Melody is going to stop Kurapika from going after. Um, she's using her. Uh, she has bard she powers. Has bard powers. <laughs> she like plays um, a. She plays something that's like summer meadow, and it's like everybody sees all these flowers and shit, 
and it's like they're in a meadow now instead of in canyons. And then oh. she's like, that was Summer Meadow. It's how I calm people down. <laughs> Anyways. So the thing the thing is that's gonna happen later though is that Yevogan, um, who's about to get uh the the poison out of him, um, he is going to be abducted by Karapika. And we are going to find out that Karapika has a uh, a power with his chains. Um, and this power is one of the things that you learn about in Hunter x Hunter, which is that when you use Nen, if you want the Nen to be extremely powerful, you have to put a condition onto it. And um, the uh, condition that's going to be put on to this one is that he can only use his chains to defeat car- to defeat people in the Phantom Troop. So that he can't use these for, you know, nothing, basically. And doesn't right. he wrap part of the chain around his own heart? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's, like, explicitly part of the chain, but essentially his... The way that they visualize it is the, the heart wrapped up in chains with, like, a spear tip pointed at his heart. Um, mm-hmm. So essentially he has made a vow with himself that if he uses his chains against someone that's not of the Phantom Troop, he will die. And I don't know what the exact rules are because we've seen him use chains previously. I don't know if those were real chains. Like, he has, like, I think he has normal abilities that are pretty good. And then he has, like, the super powerful ultimate abilities that are good only against the Phantom Troop. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to see him use those in a little bit. But uh, first, I want to talk about episode 45. Will you give us the title, Spencer? Yeah, Restraint X and X Vow. So there's kind of a cool sequence where the Phantom Troop catches up to Karapika because so basically he has abducted Uvogen. They got in a car and they're driving away before he uh, was abducted. I don't remember her name, but we saw her a little while ago stitching um, Hisoka's arm back onto himself. Um, She has super sewing powers, I guess. So she, as Uvogen was being pulled away through a a needle into his leg with a Nen thread attached to it. And basically as long as they don't find that Nen needle, they can follow him. So they, they come up behind um, Karapika's car and Karapika realizes that there's a needle. Also Karapika's the worst driver. He's literally looking at Evogan in the back seat instead of watching the road. And Melody's like, watch the fucking road. And he does not <laughs> but uh, thankfully nothing bad happens. And uh, this this car is about to overtake them when one of the shadow beasts shows up. And it's the guy, Owl, that we saw earlier who mysteriously vanished all of the merchandise for the auction. And he is going to use his power to mysteriously vanish the car that the Phantom Trooper in. So his thing is like he can essentially materialize a sheet out of nowhere. And then that sheet wraps over something and then shrinks it down. And so he wraps up their car and shrinks it, but the Phantom Trooper is so fast that they all got out, except for the guy who was stuck in the middle seat, who is now trapped in the shrunken bag and wants to be let loose. Um, these four Phantom Troop members face off against the Owl, but luckily the Owl has reinforcements. The other Shadow Beasts arrive, and they are all pretty cool looking. There's one that looks like a bat, there's one that looks sort of bestial. Um, we don't get a good look at the other ones, but they have these, like, they you know, you kind of blinking, you miss it, but it's enough that it gets you excited for them. And it looks like you're going to have a really fucking badass fight between these superpowered individuals that have been built up over the last couple of episodes to be dangerous, powerful people. And like, yeah, four of them got taken out by Uvogan last episode, but there's six of them now. And so, hey, this might be a really awesome fight. And then it cuts back to Karapika. And then when you cut back, they have all been killed and the owl has been restrained. And I cannot tell you how disappointing this was for me the first time I watched it. And I got re-disappointed this time, even though I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I forgot that you, they don't even get names. You don't even see what powers they have or figure out what animals they're associated with. Aside from the Batwing guy that I think is pretty obvious. Like, literally, they just show up. They talk a lot of shit about how powerful and important they are. And they, and they get killed off screen. And, like... I understand this is a really common trope, even especially in anime, where you talk about how dangerous or powerful someone is, and then the people you want the audience to be really afraid of take them out with ease. That's fine. It's a good trope when it's used well. 
It's not even necessarily used poorly here. It's just that shonen anime tends to be built on a couple of expected uh, waves of ebb and flow in story. And one of those things is you build up characters so that you can see them dish it out with each other. And even a curb stomp battle is usually a fight in which you see what both characters can do, even if one is always losing. And it's... A real inversion of trope to have them not even fight on screen. And just the way that the narrative builds these characters up versus the way that it writes them out is kind of a whiplash for me as a viewer. And it's not the first time that Hunter x Hunter has done this, and it's not going to be the last. And I think the series should be commended for how it takes care of tropes that are common in anime. Like, it plays up a lot of tropes in a way that's really satisfying, but it inverts or subverts a lot of tropes in a way that make the series feel really fresh and different. But for me, I like a lot of the tropes that it inverts and subverts, and I get disappointed when it doesn't lean into them, because when it does lean into them, it's the best. And mm-hmm. it doesn't much more often than it does, and it it always leaves me feeling a little bit disappointed. A lot of the times it builds up to a classic shonen climax, only for it to be resolved in some other manner, or like this, to be resolved in an actual fight that we don't get to see. And it's just a bummer. Yeah. Um, I will say that, uh, that the things that happen in the rest of this episode, uh, we'll get to in a second, but, um, I, I really, really want to reiterate that Hunter x Hunter does very interesting things very often. Um, and one of them is that they are completely unafraid to break from the norms, um, which is one of those things that Blake says that he commends, but also he's a creature of habit. And right. uh, sometimes the the habitual nature of wanting just a big draw out punching fight um, really, you know, gets him going. Yeah, but I, I will say one of the things that has happened very recently inside of the Marvel universe, and uh, not as much inside of like um, uh, other universes like DC, just because they're basically a, a garbage that's on fire. Um, At least the but, movies. Uh, Marvel, uh, and you can really see it with like uh, the new Luke Cage show that just came out, or the new series of Luke Cage that just came out. It's there's a lot of beat 'em ups, and it doesn't put a lot of spins on things. Um, they they tend to play into the same things a couple, you know, over and over and over again. And for some people, they really love that. For me, however, I love more than anything else when a show completely twists me on the top of like my head is completely spun around and I did not expect what just happened. Um, and I think that even watching these episodes of Hunter X Hunter, I was like, Oh yeah, I, I think I'm okay with that. I think I'm okay with them just being like, these characters are amazing, but we don't need to see them because they're so unimportant. We've seen how unimportant these characters are from the last fight with, you know, these uh, Phantom Troop members. And one of the things that I don't know if we've mentioned yet is we've learned a little bit about Yvogan. We haven't seen fucking anything. We haven't scratched the surface about how powerful this guy is. Um, he was basically joking with all of these other characters so far, and that's one of the things that I think you should take away, is that the Phantom Troop, as we go further uh, into this and we learn more about their characters, they are so powerful that these other people are a joke. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think that any of these Phantom Beasts even have Nen. Uh, I It's not clear how they manage it. Um, but yeah, none of them explicitly use Nen on screen, which most characters mention it explicitly when they're using Nen or when their opponent is using Nen. So yeah, nobody says that they didn't, but yeah, they, they're not seen with maybe the exception of the owl. I think that that is an explicit Nen ability. Um, maybe, but yeah, yeah, it's, I don't want to complain about it too much because Hunter x Hunter is a really good series. (laughs) And one of the things that makes it good is that it doesn't play out how you expect it to most of the time. But I will say that, like, you know, 
as much as I love good storytelling and as much as I love it when somebody takes my expectations and switches them around, like the thing that I like the most about shonen anime is badass fights. And that's what I'm here for. So it's yeah. always a bummer when Hunter x Hunter is like, these people are badass and they're about to fight and you don't get to see it and they're going to lose really fast. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> At the end of the day, Blake just needs to write a fan fiction fight about what happened in the fight. <laughs> They Anyways, also like um, this show is also good at coming up like with really unique and interesting powers. So like I trust the author to make these characters do cool stuff, but I don't get to see it. <laughs> so anyway, uh they're dead and that's the end of that. Um Karapika meanwhile has taken Uvogen uh to back to their hotel room uh or one of the ones that they've got rented and uh they've strapped him down to a table. Yeah. Um Hisoka is going to show up inside of this uh inside of this interrogation. Um Well, he's not going to go wait, to wait. the interrogation. Wait. Hold on really quick. I I forgot I actually forgot what happens next. <laughs> okay, so Karapika I watched these last week, you guys. <laughs> they're interrogating Uvogen and uh, Melody is basically using her ability to have super hearing to tell whether or not he's lying. And they discover that the Phantom Troop did not, in fact, steal all of the shit from the auction. And Uvokin's like, yeah, so uh, I want to get the shit because that's our whole deal right now as a Phantom Troop. And uh, I've got a deal for you guys. If you let me go, I won't kill any of you. And it's because, you know, we have no we have no quarry. So, uh, or no quarrel, God damn it. So, uh, well, you know, let me out and we'll let bygones be bygones. And then Karapika punches him because he's mad that this guy's in the Phantom Troop and probably doesn't trust him, which is a a good call. And, uh, meanwhile, we're going to see that, um, one of the, one of the bodyguards that's with them makes a call. Essentially, they're like, okay, this guy doesn't have the merchandise that we're trying to reclaim because their boss wants them to reclaim the merchandise. So we're going to turn him over to the like mafia organization because he killed a lot of the bosses and a lot of the members and then they can deal with him. So this guy gives a call to, I don't know, the mafia switchboard or whatever, but the dude named Shalnark, I thought it was, I thought it was Blinky the demon vacuum user, but her name must be something else. Shalnark is this blonde kid. He looks pretty basic, actually, his design. Um, and his ability, we're going to see a little bit of it here. He basically has these little darts that he can stick in the back of your neck, and then he controls you with a cell phone-like keypad. So he's using this to control the person that the the dude is talking to, and through that he discovers where they're keeping Uvogen. And then they... Uh, they're going to go and rescue him. And then this is when Karapika heads off to meet up with Hisoka. Okay. So Karapika is going to meet up with Hisoka. Hisoka is going to basically tell him that there is a uh, hierarchy that is built inside of the Phantom Troop. Inside of the Phantom Troop, again, like Blake said before, there's one leader and there's going to be a bunch of uh, people that work with them. Hisoka... Specifically has... 12, not 8, even though they are spider-oriented. Yeah. So, um, Hisoka wants to fight the leader. He wants to kill the leader of the Phantom Troop. He offers to team up with Karapika to, um, to fight against the Phantom Troop so that he, um, can, uh, deal with the leader and then, um, uh, Karapika can deal with Yuvogan, which is, is gonna turn out to be his quarry because, um, we, we find out that Yuvogan is the one um, who is going? Who has killed all of Karapika's clan? Um, he no, the whole come- troop did. Well, it's mostly Yvogan's fault, right? <laughs> I I don't think so. I think it's. The, I think I'm pretty sure the whole troop is culpable, and Yvogan is just his first target. And he's actually going to talk about why he picked Yvogan in a little bit, and it's pretty sweet. But um, yeah. yeah, one thing I like about this is that Hisoka he's just has this like bloodlust where he just wants to fight powerful people to see if he can beat them. Um, we've seen this manifest in some fairly creepy ways around Gon because he keeps him alive because he has potential. Um, and essentially, essentially, Hisoka has some sort of weird fetish for people who are good fighters. 
he likes to fight them and then he likes to beat them. So he gets kind of turned on by the prospect of a good fight. And he explicitly says that here when he talks about the uh, prospect of fighting with the leader of the Phantom Troop, um, that it actually turns him on. But unfortunately, he hasn't been able to fulfill this desire because the guy never lets his guard down. Once they finish a job, he vanishes. And when he's around, there's always at least two members of the Phantom Troop around him at the same time. So Hisoka's never had his chance, and Karapika's vendetta might give him that chance. Um, mm-hmm. So back at the hotel, the uh, the troop is going to reach Uvogan. They are going to totally mark the guy that called them, but the other guards aren't there, and the other guards clear out before they come into the room where they are, thanks to Melody's super hearing. And that takes us into episode 46. Yep, this is uh, chasing X and X waiting. Um, so the uh, the people that are guarding, um, they tell Neon about what's been going on inside of the auction, um, and they uh, call off. She doesn't uh, give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, and about all of these different uh, bodyguards that have been killed and that they need to get away from what's going on. She she does not seem phased by this as much She's as a normal person should. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't care that they've been killed. She, Mm -hmm. the thing that she's upset about is that what she wanted at the auction wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And Um, then they're like, well, we have to keep working to protect you. And she's like, okay, but get that thing for me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then we also find out that um, Nostrade is, uh, or Nostrad, whatever, um, is going to um, be arriving very soon. Um, And, uh, Meanwhile, Yvogan is going to be finding out where the Nostrads are. Um, he is still getting help from Shelnark, uh, who is, I, I assume, stabbing more people with little darts. No, he actually, he actually is a hunter. Uh, it's not explicitly stated, but it's pretty obvious. He talks to Yvogan about how you should become a hunter because you can use the hunter's resources to find a lot of things as long as you can pay for it. And Evogan's like, I don't want to become a hunter because I don't like the idea of money, um, which is cool. Money's weird. Um, but uh, yeah, Shalnark basically has looked up what the, like, essentially the Nestrad family, which is the one that Karapika's guarding, they own a couple of hotels in the area. And so now they know which hotels to go to, and then they can find out what rooms they're in based on where they've checked in. Um, this is one of my favorite bits of cat and mouse because Karapika realizes the same thing that they are kind of exposed by looking up the same information on the Hunter website from his hotel room. And he's like, okay, we have to have a plan. And that plan is going to be this. We're not going to change hotels because then we would have to risk moving neon and she, you know, we're supposed to be protecting her. Um, that also, you know, it might expose her. It might expose what we're doing. So we're going to just move her to a different room in the same hotel, but we can't check in with her name. So one of us as the bodyguards is going to have to take out the room and that way they can't trace it because they don't know who we are. Um, But we also can't check out of the rooms that we have right now because then they'll know that we checked out. So essentially he sends them to like play a shell game with their, the person they're protecting to keep her safe from this coming conflict and meanwhile, they're like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to wait right the fuck here. Because <laughs> he wants to get into a fight so yeah. bad. He wants to be he wants to be the the main fighter out of all of this. Um, mm-hmm. Now something's going to happen in the show. <laughs> we're going to take a hard left. Um, yeah. And we're going to go run around with uh, Gon and uh, Killua and Leorio. Yeah, um, you might remember that they are usual protagonists, <laughs> and so, they have been spending this time trying to make some money so they can buy a game at the auction. They're arm wrestling for arm wrestling's sake. Um, not really. They're trying to make money out of this. Um, they they're are sharking going to people finally... by charging them to arm wrestle Gon, who's a 12-year-old kid who looks fairly feeble, but he's super strong, so he's beating yeah. everyone. Yeah. So apparently he gonna... beat 500 people the previous day and broke at least 10 of their arms. <laughs> Anyways, um, they are going to find out that there has been a bounty uh, placed on to the heads of uh, the Phantom True members. Um, and seven of them have been found out. 
Um, they're going to so, find this out after going to an underground arm wrestling ring that then gets broken up. It's so great. Yeah. Anyways, so they this is happening, and they find out that there is a shit ton of money that is being offered for each one of these uh, Phantom True members that are captured. They think, well, uh, we should probably be able to capture some of those guys, so let's go do that. Um, they try to reach out to uh, Kirapika to no avail, because we're going to cut back to Kirapika, who has been uh, uh, shown to uh, Yavogan, who has arrived, and they are going to have... Uh, a pretty epic fight in this last episode. They're um, also going to have a pretty epic conversation at the end of this episode that gets repeated at the start of it. Yeah. You don't need to watch the very end of it because you're about to be told it again. Um, this episode is episode 47 conditions X and X condition. Um, yeah. So they, Vogan is like, I found you. Where do you want to die? And, um, Karapika goes, we should go somewhere remote. Because I'm going to make you scream. <laughs> I was just like, this is so bitching. <laughs> Meanwhile, on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Hunter x Hunter edition. <laughs> so they head out to Dragon Ball Z-style wastes, where it's just oh kind my of a, God. a canyon. Uh, it's, it's just straight out of the Dragon Ball Z handbook. It's like, yeah. um, find a place where not a lot of people are so you can have a fight and destroy as many mountains as possible by cutting them in half and or blowing them up. Um, yeah. It happens one time in One Punch Man. It happens all the fucking time in Dragon Ball Z. Every it fight even in Dragon happens, Ball Z. It even happens one very explicit time in Bleach, um, where Ichigo literally says, like, we need to go out of the city to do this because I'm going to destroy everything in, or, in order to kill you. Is that what I so, Oh, well, don't give everything away, Blake. <laughs> Bleach is old now. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm assuming at one point we're going to try to cover Bleach. I hope not, though, um, <sighs> because Bleach is, like, real good, and then it's just like, let's just, uh, well, let's get Fonzie, and let's get yeah, a motorcycle. We're gonna, if we cover then, Bleach, it's going to be the manga. It's not going to be the anime. I know. And then they're like, let's get some sharks, and let's put them in the ocean, and let's jump uh, with Fonzie and Ichigo over the sharks and Aizen. <laughs> and I love Bleach so much, but, like, it's so flawed. Like, I love Bleach for the things it does well, not because the whole thing is well done. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, um, so, um, Kurapika asks uh, Yuvogan if he remembers those that he kills. Um, he's really getting at uh, trying to find out what... Um, what and who inside of the Phantom Troop was the person that, that committed the atrocities? No, I um, super assumed... disagree with you. I, I'm pretty sure it's explicit that the entire Phantom Troop did it. What I yeah, think he's doing here I think is trying Kirapika... to figure out what kind of person Uvogan is. He's like, I don't do you know, remember man. these people? Because he, he taught, like, his question is, do you remember the people you, you kill? And Uvogan says, I do if they make an impression. And he then Karapika, ex- like, describes the Kurta clan to him that he's like five years ago, you killed these people. Um, do you remember that? And he goes, no. And Karapika goes, well, how do you feel when you kill innocents? And Evogan says, I don't feel anything. And then Karapika goes, you're scum. So I think that's what, I think he's like assessing his character and trying to like find out like, who is this person that did this atrocity to me? I am still left. I am still left wondering if he's really trying to dig in because I, think that the other thing that Kurapika is trying to do is he's trying to figure out if this is the same member that killed his clan because um, uh, as we'll find out later on in the show um, the Phantom Troop is not a static number of characters. They rotate out as people are defeated or removed from or killed. They are replaced by other people. So he is trying to make sure that he is actually fighting against somebody who killed off these people because that's part of his power, you know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. That that makes sense. Um, I, I still think he's trying to, like, suss out the guy's character, but it uh, based off of what you're saying, I think it could be a combination of the two. Um, mm. it, it's not clear if his power extends to Phantom Troop or only the Phantom Troop members that killed his family. 
And that's uh, but, what he did with Hisoka, though. Like when he teams, when he teamed up with Hisoka for a minute, he knows that Hisoka wasn't involved in the killing of his right. fam- his family members because Hisoka yeah, so he later. has no grudge there. Yeah, and uh, and Hisoka has like non troop related history with Karapika anyway. But uh, yeah, he does. He, so uh, we do find out like he, you know, Karapika says it was five years ago, and Uvogan's like, I don't remember that, but I was definitely a member. Um. So they're going to fight, and this is a great fight. It's so good. And the, the animation is beautiful, and it's like it's fast-paced. This is a classic anime fight. Like, if you—we said it earlier, you can watch these five episodes um, as, like, a little mini-movie about this, you know, this monster Evogen and Karapika wanting to get his revenge. And it it tells a pretty tight single single narrative— um, and this is a great climax, but if you don't want to watch the little mini movie, you should at least watch episode 47. It's fantastic. And man, I, I almost, I, I know I, I feel this way about a lot of different fights that we're going to explain inside of this, but this is one of those that I legitimately want you to hit pause on this episode. Go look it up, go rewatch it. If you've watched it before, I rewatched it again today because I wanted to just watch the badass fight scene. And it's one of those fights that perfectly weaves in and out um, from where we are now to the past, to the, uh, to like um, what kind of character Kurapika is, how he has to use um, all of his wits about him to really trick Yavogan into falling further and further into his trap. And Yavogan is going to keep on, like, uh, basically freezing into different characters. Um, not different characters. The same character, but in um, amounts of power that just keep going up. Yeah, he, until he doesn't he... change his looks like Frieza does, but it's that same kind of thing. Yeah, he has different levels of Unleashed that he can be, which is like this crazy bloodlust that he has that gives him, like, super strength. And um, Kurapika is going to fight him in a bunch of different ways. Uh, The first and foremost is there's a glancing blow that uh, sort of gives away the ghost um, of what what Kurapika is doing, which is hiding his um, chains inside of, like, a, like a... protective nin that makes them invisible um he takes a, a hit on his arm that should be so strong for me vogan that it should shatter his arm but instead it doesn't hurt him at all yeah and um he kind of taunts uvogan by being like i hope that wasn't your super strong punch because that was that was weak and uvogan kind of gives it back where he's like that's not a very good taunt like i think you're just posturing and then karapika proceeds to dart around and beat the fuck out of uvogan and like okay it's not that it's not that dramatic because Evogan has super strong skin. He's a super strong guy. Like, he's not being beaten senseless, but, like, Karapika is, like, appearing and landing really strong blows, and then he's gone. Like, there's a moment where he, like, kick, he like jumps up and kicks down on Evogan's head, and it sort of, like, smashes the ground around them. And Evogan's like, okay, I got you now. And he, like, grabs up and, like, twists his head around, and then it, the camera just cuts, and Karapika is, like, standing calmly, like, a ways away. It's It's awesome. And he just does this, like, quick movement around. And then Uvogan is like, okay, Karapika just keeps taunting him and being like, you can't you can't beat me if you don't use your entire strength. And Uvogan does a couple of things where he's like, I'm just letting out a little bit of power. Now I'm giving you half my power. And he finally is like, okay, I'm going to use all of my power. And he, like, charges up. He's, you know, covered in an energy field of Nen. And he punches the ground. And it causes this smoke screen. And Karapika realizes that he can't find him. But he also realizes that he has used the Nen technique that allows him to disguise himself. It's one of the basic techniques, but Karapika had assumed that he didn't have this one. And so he appears out of the out of the smoke screen and punches Karapika's arm again, and this time it shatters it. Mm-hmm. Um so we're gonna it looks like um it looks like Karapika might be in a bad way, but he lands fairly comfortably and confidently. And mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I'm really glad that you finally revealed your your strength to me because um, uh, now I'm going to reveal something to you, and that is that you are already trapped. And yeah. then all these chains. Oh up. god, <laughs> it's so, so sweet. He, this moment, this moment, we first find out that uh, we have a flashback moment where Karapika talks about his conditions of his contract. 
He then reveals that he has all of these different uh, chains that he has hidden around the field as he's been darting around. And this is a moment that I thought back to while watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, if you're watching our show, where JoJo's, uh, JoJo takes his hat and unravels it with string uh-huh. and wraps up a guy who has hot blood powers. If you aren't listening to those episodes, that's just a taste. But anyways... <laughs> yeah, Kurapika JoJo's does a it in a beast entirely. Yeah, Kurapika does it in a much more uh, obvi- uh, uh, non-obvious badass way. Yeah, um, it's in, not an ass pull like it is in that one. <laughs> yes. So, um, Kurapika wraps him up, tells him who he is. His eyes also start glowing red, and, uh... Well, he has contacts a, in. His eyes have been glowing red, but he takes the contacts out and reveals that they are those eyes, and Uvogan is like, oh, now I see your eyes, I remember those people. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Kurapika explains... Um, he says that his chains uh, shut down Nen of the captured, um, and then he picked Yvogan as the perfect guinea pig for his ability, um, and then he sets a contract on Yvogan. Um, yeah, so so Karapika, he's a conjurer, which means he can summon things out of midair, uh, similar to Blinky the Demon Vacuum, and his thing is chains. But uh, that could also be a manipulator, is which would be somebody that just takes regular chains and infuses them with Nen and and makes them move around. So this whole battle, he hasn't been revealing which one he is. And when he reveals this, these like Nen chains that are around Uvogan, he's like, here's the deal. My strategy is I behave like a manipulator. And then I weave these Nen chains that you can't see around you. And then I reveal them. So you're battling me. Like I'm one type of Nen user, but I'm actually a different and my second secret is that when my eyes glow red, I have perfect control over all five Nen types. There's actually six, but the sixth one is specialist. And that's what he is. He's a specialist, but only when his eyes glow red. And his specialty is that he has 100% control over all five expressions of Nen. That's why when Uvogan punched him earlier, his arm didn't shatter initially because he had enhancer strength. He also demonstrates that he has the ability to heal himself, which would not normally be available to him as a conjurer. Um, and that's when he sets this contract on Uvogan. Yeah. He's going to kill Uvogan. <laughs> yeah, the contract is essentially, he's like, he's trying to interrogate him. And he's like, "Where's the other? where are the other members of the Phantom Troop? And Uvogan's like, you should kill me. Uh, well, I guess I should talk about why he picked Uvogan, because it's pretty sweet. He says that Uvogan's the perfect guinea pig because based off of the way he took on the mafia, he clearly likes to work alone and um, he's clearly the most physically strong of the Phantom Troop. Um, And Karapika, when he he summons his Nen chains, it shuts down the, the person's ability to use Nen, but he was like, you're perfect because I, I want to fight one-on-one and I knew I could get you to fight me one-on-one and you're the most physically strong. So if you can break out of these chains, even when your Nen is shut down, then I won't necessarily be able to beat the other ones. But if you can't, then I can trap all of them. And he punches Uvogan a few times while he's wrapped up in the chains with his enhancer strength. And he's able to like punch through Uvogan's skin and sort of leave like a, a painful indentation and like mm. Uvogan's like coughing up blood and stuff, like he's in a bad way. And Kropika notes that this is valuable information too, because Uvogan's skin is tough. And if he's able to punch through it, he can kill the other guys with just his bare hands once he's wrapped them up. So yeah. this has all been just a plan to test the waters and see if he can kill the other members of the Phantom Troop by trying to kill one of them. And then he wants to find out where they are, so he puts this contract on Uvogan's heart. Where if he lies to him and doesn't answer his questions, he his heart will be pierced and he'll die. And Uvogan basically tells him to go to hell and dies. Yeah, it's sweet. It's great. It's sweet. And this... the Phantom Troop is going to decide that they want to kill Uvogan, by the way. <laughs> or kill They want to kill Karapika, yeah. yeah. This is such a good fight. This uh, I was thinking about this after I watched it. This might be my favorite episode of Hunter x Hunter. Like... There's a lot of good ones, and I know there's a fight coming up in um, in the uh, Greed Island arc that I really love. So Final Judgment is pending, but like 
this is such a good fight, and it's also so well told. Like, this merges, like, bursts of explosive action with character beats and storytelling. They fuse moments of just, like, frenzy with these moments where they slow things down and talk or explain things. You even get a flashback, and it all fits. None of it messes with the flow. It This is just a, this is a perfect episode. It's so good. Yeah. Anyways... Um, stick with us uh, through these uh, announcements at the end, and we'll talk about our next episode. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We're back with more Fooly Cooly. I have the weirdest head boner right now.